Part Five, Chapter Fourteen of War and Peace by Leo Tolstoy, translated by Nathan Haskell Dole. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Marianne. Chapter Fourteen. Morning came with its usual occupations and bustle. All arose, stirred about, engaged in talk. Once more the modiste came. Again Maria Dmitrievna appeared and summoned them down to tea. Natasha, with wide-opened eyes, as though trying to anticipate and intercept every glance fixed upon her, looked anxiously about, and struggled to seem the same as usual. After breakfast, which was her favorite time, Maria Dmitrievna sat down in her easy-chair and called Natasha and the old count to her. Well, with strong emphasis on the word, well, my friends, now I have thought the whole matter over, and this is my advice, she began. Yesterday, as you know, I went to see Prince Nikolai. Well, again with strong emphasis, I had an interview with him. He thought to shout me down, but I am not to be shouted down so easily. I had it all out with him. Well, what did he do? asked the Count. What did he do? He's a raving maniac, won't listen to anything. Well, what's the use of talking? and meanwhile we are tormenting this poor girl so said marya dmitrievna and my advice to you is to transact your business and go home to otradnoye and there wait till oh no cried natasha yes you must go maintained marya dmitrievna and wait there if your betrothed should come here now there would infallibly be a quarrel but if he is here alone with the old man they will talk the whole thing over calmly and then he will come for you Ilya Andreyitch approved of this plan, which instantly appealed to his good judgment. If the old prince was appeased, then they could rejoin him at Moscow or Louise Aguirre. If not, as it would be contrary to his wishes, then the wedding could take place at Otronoya. "'That is true as gospel,' said he. "'Only I am sorry that I went there and took her,' said the old count. "'There is nothing to be sorry for. As long as you were here you couldn't help paying him that mark of respect.' "'Well, if he does not approve, it is his affair,' said Marya Dmitrievna, making search for something in her reticule. "'Besides, the trousseau is all ready, so what have you to wait for? And what isn't ready I will send to you. Indeed, I am sorry about it, but you would be much better off to return, and God be with you.' Having succeeded in finding what she was searching for, she handed it to Natasha. It was a letter from the Princess Marya. "'She's written to you. How she torments herself, poor soul!' She is afraid you will imagine that she does not like you. Well, and she doesn't like me, said Natasha. Nonsense! Don't say such a thing, cried Marya Dmitrievna. I take no one's opinion. I know she does not like me, said Natasha boldly, snatching the letter, and her face assumed such an expression of hard and angry determination that it caused Marya Dmitrievna to look at her more closely and frown. Don't you contradict me that way, Matushka, said she what i tell you is the truth go and reply to her letter natasha made no rejoinder and retired to her own room to read the princess maria's letter the princess wrote that she was in despair owing to the misunderstanding that had arisen between them whatever were her father's feelings she wrote she besought natasha to be assured that it was impossible for her not to love her as the choice of her brother for whose happiness she was ready to sacrifice everything moreover she wrote do not imagine that my father was unkindly disposed toward you he is old and feeble and you must excuse him but he is good and generous and will not fail to love the one who can make his son happy 
the princess further asked natasha to appoint a time when they could have another meeting after reading the letter through natasha sat down at the writing-desk to pen a reply cher princess she wrote hastily and mechanically and paused what more could she write after all that had taken place the evening before yes yes all that is past and now already everything is different she said to herself as she pondered over the letter that refused to be written ought i to reject him is it really my duty it is frightful and to escape from these terrible thoughts she went to sonya and began to help her pick out her embroidery patterns after dinner natasha again retired to her room and took up the princess maria's letter can it be that all is really over between us she mused can it be that this has happened so quickly and that all that is past is completely annihilated she recalled in all its intensity her love for prince andrei and yet at the same time she felt that she was in love with kuragin she vividly pictured herself as prince andrei's wife and recalled those dreams of happiness with him which she had so many times enjoyed in imagination and at the same time fired with passionate emotions she recalled every detail of her last meeting with anatole why could it be possible to love them both at once she more than once asked herself in the depths of perplexity then only could i be perfectly happy but now i must choose and i cannot be happy to be deprived of either of them one thing is certain she thought to tell prince andrei what has happened or to hide it from him is impossible but as far as he is concerned no harm has been done can i break off forever though with that delicious love for prince andrei to whom my life has been devoted so long barushnya said the maid in a whisper and coming into the room with a mysterious face a nice little man told me to give you this the maid handed her a note only for christ's sake she exclaimed as natasha without thinking mechanically broke the seal and began to read it was a love-letter from anatole and while she did not comprehend a word of it she comprehended enough to know that it was from him from the man she loved yes she loved him how else could happen what had happened how could she have in her hand a love-letter from him with trembling hands natasha held this passionate love-letter composed for Anatole by Dolokhov, and in reading it she found it contained what corresponded to everything which it seemed to her she herself felt. Last evening decided my fate. You must love me, or I die. I have no other alternative. So the letter began. Then he proceeded to say that he knew her parents would not consent to her marriage to him for various secret reasons, which he could reveal to her alone, but that if she loved him it was enough for her to say the little word yes and no mortal power could suffice to destroy their bliss love conquers all he would spirit her away and fly with her to the ends of the earth yes yes i love him mused natasha as she read the letter over for the twentieth time and tried to discover some peculiarly deep meaning in every word that evening marya dmitrievna was going to the Arkharovs, and she invited the young ladies to accompany her. Natasha, under the pretext of a headache, remained at home. End of chapter 14